Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. I may be a little sleepy today. We're talking about, what are we talking about? Well, you kind of changed the title, which I like better, is how to describe your game to your players. Or, or potential players. Or potential players, right. So a lot of this comes from probably when you talk to your friends, maybe, but also when you go to a convention, which probably are starting to come back, thankfully. Gaming conventions we're talking about. And <laughs> and you have to describe your game, which you always have to do if, since cons first came out. We go to this one called DungeCon, and they actually put their, what is it, their, uh, their booklet, the program. They put their program online, and you can look at previous Dungeon Cons. And Dungeon Con for the West Coast is the longest West Coast running convention. So it goes back to 1979, 77. He's guessing. I am guessing. They don't have the first four, five, or six. Well, then you could extrapolate programs. by counting backwards by the years. Yes, I know. Well, there was one year that they didn't have it because of something or other. Anyway. But even since then, you would describe your game on, and then uh, fill out a form. That, back then, you would mail it to, to them. And uh, I remember doing that. And it would ask you for information pertinent to the game. Your name, the name of the GM, uh, the game, what system it is, the title of your, of your game. If there's levels, characters provided, and stuff like that. Or and then any notes or something, so then they, then they could put that in the program and people could look at the program and choose what games they wanted to play. Pretty simple stuff. I think that is pretty much the way almost every convention does it, since that's what I've seen in other conventions and other from different parts of the country. And the whole reason that we we're talking about this subject is because I was on Facebook. I follow this game hole con in that, Wisconsin. I think it's in Wisconsin. I'm, I'm, I, in fact, it's in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. See, I don't even know that much. <laughs> I know that the person who runs the con seems like a nice guy, at least from the... His post? His post. <laughs> but um, I was reading on it, and somebody posted in their general discussion group that they changed the... Submission policy? Submission policy just a little bit. It said... Well, I, actually, I don't know if they've changed it, but it seems like it, because it, they added a little bit. They said, if you do plan on running a game... Part of it was you need to provide a full explanation of the adult situation contained in your game in the body of the game event description. And so the person who had obviously run games there before and said she never had any problems putting in stuff, she was asking people, how do you describe... Adult, com adult content or something? No. Can, can you give us some ideas on how to approach putting in... Her adventure, she says, is between... MCU and Deadpool as far as adult themes go. So I'm thinking kind of campy, right? What's, I don't, what's MCU? I, I, don't, I don't know. I think MCU I know a, what Deadpool is because it's I a do Marvel it. Universe, right? There you go. I think so. So so then she got all kinds of comments. That's an interesting thing because I think a lot of uh, conventions. So I, I try to put my, my, my uh, myself in the convention or the producer. Or the owner of the conventions, right? And and what is their number one thing? Well, one of the number one thing is to make a little bit of money, but I think the number one thing for almost every one of them is for their patrons, customers, yeah. patrons, to have fun. Mm -hmm. And the last thing you want is some game that really uh, upsets a player or players in the game. And if you can try to mitigate that 
the, the chances of that happening. And I use mitigate. You know, that's a good lawyer-like work, word. And uh, Alex Kramer is a smart guy, right? He, he understands that, you know, in the climate that we're coming out of COVID, uh, considering the past couple of years of events, things have changed uh, as far as uh, what people condone and what is acceptable. The problem is that people like that person doesn't know, understand what that means. What exactly? Yeah. What exactly are you supposed to say? And and it was funny is that I, I remember seeing that after you posted that or t- told me about it, I went and looked at it. Cause I don't follow. I I might follow Alex Kramer, but I don't follow Gamebo, which is kind of weird. Anyway, well, since I don't actually know Alex Kramer, right. I, I, I just, just, you know, during the pandemic, I added a lot of fa- <laughs> a lot of pages to my Facebook because there wasn't a whole lot of stuff to well, do. Well, Cone is actually pretty. It's become. I would like. To, I thought, oh, this is a convention I could take salt to, and then I'm all. It's in Wisconsin. I don't think I can take salt to Wisconsin. You could take me to Wisconsin. Actually, I, I would really like to go, but it is literally very far away from California. And uh, and that's where... Literally? Uh, yes, literally, <laughs> not figuratively. Uh-huh. Anyway, so uh, there's a, another gaming podcast. Brett and Sean are from... Well, Brett lives in Madison. No, Sean lives in Madison, Wisconsin. And I think Brett's moved different places. Anyway, so... He, you know, he has an outstanding, uh, what is invitation that if you flying in, he will go pick you up, take you to your hotel. I think only a couple of people have ever taken off on that. But anyway, so. Gosh. But it's, it's become like a premier uh, convention in the United States. And, and, and sort of when quickly. When is it? It's in October, November. I know they just opened up the. the July 1st was the opening for buying tickets. That's not a good time for us to be traveling to Wisconsin. Well, it's kind of cold, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have no idea. And I, I mean cold because like I'm from California. You know, when it gets to about 40 degrees here, and it usually doesn't get that cold for very long. It does in the winter, in and the it's winter. freaking cold. And it, that's, But it gets like below zero over there. Yeah. But I don't know when that happens. Yeah, and it's I don't not, not comfortable. <laughs> but it's inside. It's inside the convention. Well, duh. The so it's a pretty popular convention. It's grown quite a bit. I mean, I don't know what the convention numbers are, but I think he's hitting around 3,000 people, oh. possibly even more. So like Kublacon size. Kublacon size, right. And and the thing is, is that Alex Kramer, or the producer, is really adamant about if he has special guests, he makes those special guests available to people who go to the convention. Meaning a lot of times, the, well, at least in, from what I remember him saying, that he would go to conventions as a younger person and he would, you know, oh, such and such is going to be there. And they would be there for the seminar and then they would go upstairs Disappear. and hide out in a room for the rest of the convention. Well, yeah, because why would you want to hang out with all those gamers? <laughs> I mean, come on. But he said that if I'm going to pay for you to come here and I'm going to pay you to be here, I want you to be available to. So they have to run games and they have to kind of kind of mingle with the, the unwashed masses of gamers. <laughs> But anyway, that's 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 something I've heard. Of. It's not necessarily that's true. That's totally different than what 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 I've experienced. Because, right. like, I mean, Larry Dottilio, one of is one of the guys that we used to play games with all the time. Yeah. That he taught Augustine how to play games, and right. and that was because you and was it you and Felipe or you and Felipe and Chris? Well, I, I think I told the story. We and Felipe heard, went to a seminar of why I, I, people hate gamers. 
which was back at Dungeon Con. I don't even remember. It was an early one. It was early. And it was hilarious. And I and and then years later, I would say five or six years later, uh, Chris introduces us to Larry because me and Felipe were walking around uh, late at night on DDC at Dungeon Con. And he goes, oh, you haven't met Larry, have you? He goes, I go, oh, no. So we went, he introduced us to him. And he was just, he was just Larry, right? And we were ready to go to bed. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning, one thirty in the morning. And he goes, let's play a game. And we're like, eh, we're going to head up. Goes, just one game. And after one game, we just kept playing games. And I think it was, it was before Augustine was born. Yes, I know. Uh, after Augustine was born and yes. Augustine started, he taught Augustine to play Poison. And then he played his favorite game to play with the boys, um, the last few years was was uh, these nuts these or nuts? Nut, was it these nuts it's or was called, it? No, it's called, no, it's called nuts. nuts. These nuts is the guy who was polling ten percent uh, <laughs> in the two thousand sixteen election. <laughs> anyway, so that was my that's my experience with uh, with people who do seminars and stuff. Plus, when we went to KublaCon, one of my professors was there oh, doing yeah. a seminar on on war on on rome which is what he teaches so roman logistics which was he wrote a whole book on so i have a different experience with that but i i can understand that that would be kind of frustrating if you go to see uh somebody talking that you really want to see like sometimes they have anime not anime but um the people that do i guess it is anime people who do illustrations and stuff and oh yeah yeah maybe not maybe i don't know depending on how large your gaming convention is most gaming conventions, they bring like uh, game creators, you know, right. people who make games. I can't think of any right now, but <laughs> but anyway, th- th- so all these special guests are actually, you know, hanging out, and it, and I think there's a lot of them that already hang out. I forget what is his name, Jesus, the guy who made uh, he does a lot of gumshoe games. He did a, uh, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot his name. But anyway, when Dungeon Con was at the at the Marriott in uh, San Ramon, he would hang out at the bar and he would have a, a crowd of people and he'd be chit chatting with people. And uh, Shannon was one of the ones who used to hang out with him, kind of. And uh, he wrote, uh, "What did he write now?" Oh my goodness, baby, it's okay. You can put it in the notes uh, or take it Knight, out. Knights, a black agents, blacks night agent, knights black agent. Where you go I don't think vampires? you're. Con- I don't think you're. Knights black agent. Are you sure that's the name of it? I could have mixed them words two around, but but anyway, it's a vampire hunting game. I think it's using Gumshoe, and he's pretty popular. He, uh, Ken, Ken something. <sighs> anyway, writing a description for your game would kind of live it off topic, but uh, but you're right. There was this lady. I think it was a woman who was having problems. Not problems, but it was a little bit. Confused. Her name was Michelle. Yeah, she was confused about. About what to add. No, she just wanted a, a people to help her yeah. to clarify how she could put it right. in. Right, and so uh, there was a a few people that after you told me about it, I looked at and then said, "Use common sense." Okay, that, that that's, <laughs> that's not really not helpful. That's not helpful because I hate to tell you people, it, common sense ain't that common, right? In fact, Thomas Paine had to write a whole book, a whole series of pamphlets on common sense called Common Sense. This person was really just asking for help as far as, you know, what... How to describe it. How to describe it. And uh, and I think there was one person on there who said, listed like four or five things that if this game, if your game contains this, you should probably... Say, Not run it. Oh, no. I said you should probably put it in this. This, would, this is what you would put, right, in this mature content area. And he said what? Uh, torture, rape, killing of children... 
and something else. And there was a few things that I'm like, and I thought to myself, I go, I would never run a game, usually at my table that that included that kind of thing. Oh, her response was, I run games for my players to have fun, not to have to go to therapy afterwards. Right, <laughs> right, and and I think that's a common response to most people. I would hope, but there are people out there, there are players out there, gamers out there who who like to explore the darker areas of society, people's psyche, and all this other stuff, and they believe that 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 taking that game to a convention is a good idea. And I know you laugh. But I I'm laugh. Like, I laugh because if I ever saw a game, a description of a game like that, I would stay as far away from it as I could. Right. Well, and then another thing is, is that I, I've mentioned it before and that we're pretty lucky here in Northern California is that a lot of times, uh, because I think it's DungeCon really who has started it. They put, their RPGs in private rooms, the ones that are scheduled in the, in the schedule, scheduled in the schedule. Yes. The ones that are in the schedule are, are scheduled into private rooms. What he means by that is there is an open gaming room where you can run role playing yeah, games. Right. And, but most, most conventions are not like that. Which right? I've what, never been to these conventions. Right. So if you go to any convention outside of the North, Northern California or the San Francisco Bay area, you'll go when they schedule games, You'll be put in a huge hall with a table number and and there's surrounded by other tables with people playing games. I've seen pictures of it. But I've just <laughs> never been there. She, she's still shocked that people could actually play in those circles. Because it would be so loud. It would, exactly. But in fact, I, can, I, I mean, the energy in the room would be like amazing, right? Because there would be so many people having so much fun. You could say that, I guess. I have never thought of it that way. I just remember... It's not true, though, because we have played in in the... What are they called? Um, Pathfinder Society. Oh yeah, yeah. Pathfinder Society yes. and um, League of League of uh, Adventures League. Adventures League. And we played in at both at PacificCon and KublaCon, where <clears throat> I don't think we've ever played with them at DundraCon. But remember, no, we, we played with uh, with we we went into at at PacificCon. It was all of us, all the GM. It was you and and Larry and. And Felipe and Chris Bay. and Bay and <laughs> me and Augustine. Augustine. Yes, and that was a fantastic game. You guys were so weird in your Felipe with his bear trap on his back and <laughs> and all the questions to the poor GM who had no clue at the table that he sat down at or that we sat down at with him. But there was a lot of people playing in there, but it didn't seem too loud. When I You're played right. with the kids one day, we played. I played with the boys at another table. It was a little bit louder because it was during the day. I think with the first night it wasn't too bad. Well, I think I I don't know why the Pathfinder room seemed a little bit quieter than. But can you imagine playing in the open gaming room? The open gaming room is really loud. Yes, that's how loud. I, I'm guessing that's how loud it is. Okay, so another little bit of backtrack, Saul history, whatever you want to call it. So back when we used to play at Pacificon when it was at the Dunphy, mm-hmm. they didn't have private rooms, right? What they would do is they, they had these large, uh, kind of like executive boardrooms or meeting rooms, but they weren't huge. So what they would do is they would put three to four tables at a room. Mm-hmm. And then and there were large tables and there were large games, usually eight players, right? Mm-hmm. And they would, be, they would get into shouting matches between p- players at the tables. Hey, you over there, shut down. You shut Be quiet. We can't hear our, you know, and they would they would do that. And I, m- I remember not too long ago at KublaCon when I ran my, my uh, Maori Dresden, which I had Jonah and I had Gregory 
And those guys aren't known for their timidly low voice demeanor. Most of your friends aren't known for. <laughs> and they were, and but they were having fun, and they were like, they were excited and you know, and, and yelling. And the table, they, they put me in a room with two games. I mean, two right. tables. And the other table was this moody vampire <laughs> hunting game, and and like. And one of the players came back. Well, they very, probably thought your Dresden Files game would be a, a you know, a, a quiet fit. game, right? Yeah, right. Well, a player comes by, uh, comes to our tables. You know, I know you guys are having fun. I think I've I described the situation. And we're like, okay. I'm like, well, you know, they just get excited. And she goes, oh, we know. But but we, and, and she came over like two or three times. <laughs> and then finally one of my players, a, a lady, said, you know what? I'm sorry, but this game is not going to be quiet. It's just, we're not going to be able to contain ourselves. It's. It is fun game. I don't know what you're doing over there, but this is a fun game. So a little bit after that, they packed up their game and left, which it, I felt bad. But at the same time, what am I going to like? Am I going to shush my own players to the point where they're not going to have fun or curtail their fun? Because you know, they were just like, they were, whoa, when they were going to get scared or excited or whatever. I think DungeCon is has influenced other conventions because KubaCon kind of does that because there's limited number of right. um, small Space, rooms. Right. Yeah. So I think we've been spoiled here, but when you go, I think it has to do with the space for the convention too, where they where they have space to put stuff. That's right? true. I think that you're right. Some conventions are are in. Like, could you imagine if you went to like uh, if they use the McHenry Center, That's which exactly. they use for the you know, Comic Con? Like, I hate when you read my mind, but I was thinking because you could put up those little partitions and you could have games all over the freaking. Place. I don't know if they have partitions in. They do because you know they do. They have those. They have walls that move. Oh yeah, like yeah, at yeah. the other, like at other convention spaces, but yeah, but I don't know how small they can get the the, the rooms. I don't think it would matter. I think <clears throat> it would be more like a convention where every all the games are together. But right, you could put walls in between to kind of. Yeah, 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 and I and I remember a, a big bad con when it was first at the Oakland Hilton, Oakland Airport. I don't know if it was the Hilton, but the Oakland Hotel. Uh, off of Hergenberger Road, he didn't have enough money to to use private rooms, so he put us in like large meeting yeah. rooms, and it would get loud, you know. And he tried to put that's where I got the idea of putting yes, up, those uh, partitions. partitions of curtains to cut down on. It, it didn't really, it didn't really work, but it did give you a little bit of a a, a sense of, of of privacy for privacy. your game. Yeah, well, and that's that's true, but I guess I never thought about that um, about running a adult themed game in a room full of people right. running other games but it does happen right because i remember i was listening to i think they call themselves a 3t podcast and it's and i hate to mention other people's podcasts all the time but but he had gone to gen con and he's an english guy he had i think he for some reason he had he was working with a some game company or maybe he went on his own but he went on the game for savage worlds and he said the guy running it was a total racist bastard right because he said that he would put him in situations. He goes, oh, I guess they were somewhere in the south. I think they were the characters. And he wanted, he goes, oh, you could say uh, this racial epitaph. It's okay with me. And you could say this racial. And and, and, and the, the Harrison is the name of the of the, of the man who went to Gen Con. He's like, why would oh. I want to say that? And I'm like, and I, and I, and I thought about it. And he, and he goes, and, you know, the game continued, right? And he really thought that. And this is what he said. He, this is Harrison. I'm paraphrasing, but he said, "I think he just wanted people to be racist in his game, because you know he put them in situations where they were, like you know, racist toward Mexicans, black people, all kinds of things." 
And so, and then the guy thought it was funny. He goes, oh, you could say, you know, <laughs> and say the bad word and say and laugh. And I'm like, wow. But that was his first foray into the United States. Oh, my God. And so he's like, wow, is this the way it normally is? But I can't imagine being at a table next to me. Oh, so well, I, you, you wouldn't I'm, know. I was, you know, I'm, I'm Mexican for, for, for the most part. Uh, for the most part? Well. Genetically. That's what I mean. I mean, I, I was born here in the United States, but. But if somebody next to me is saying some, uh, saying some word, uh, derogatory word, like I don't know if I want to say it. But, don't. But some derogatory word, you know, I might stand up and say, "Well, what's going on over here? You know, you know, what is this really? What you want to play? You play a game using those kind of." You might. I'm. I, I'm pretty sure you would. <laughs> <laughs> or other words that are racially uh, words offensive that, right? that you're not allowed to say. Well, or, or you, I mean, yeah, you could say it, but there's consequences to you saying it, right? That's the whole point. And this guy thought it was totally okay to run that game. That's at really horrible that, that that was his first experience in the, in the United States. Well, I don't know if it was his first with experience the, in the United States, but it was his first experience at Gen Con. Yeah, that yeah. would be, that would kind of... Yeah, that would kind of tilt your... So that's another thing is I can't imagine people wanting to run an adult-themed game I don't know, and I don't even know what that means. I'm using air quotes here, like you guys can see them at a convention where, but like in an open space where other people can hear you. Even kids are playing next to you. Maybe you're having these dark, moody games. I mean, if people want to run those kind of games, that's fine. Yeah, you probably should. If you're at a convention, maybe you should do that at home. Invite people or, or figure out somewhere where there's not little kids around. Most recently, I played in a game that was a little um, strange to me. Not strange, but. It was it was quite frightening because there were clowns in it. Oh, yes. they were killer clowns. I knew they were going to be killer clowns, and <laughs> but I told Saul that's okay. I can just shoot them, which I did. Mm-hmm. It didn't do any good, but I did. Adult themes include horror and stuff like that. So, depending on what you're playing, you might want to make sure you put that in your description. Like, if you're going to have clowns in the game, put clowns. <laughs> you don't have to say anything else because if I see clowns, I'll walk away. <laughs> Unless you're Morgan and you go, well, this is the only game I have ready. And then I go, okay, it's Morgan, so I can do this because I trust Morgan. And he goes, and even at the end of the game, he goes, were you okay? And he goes, I thought I might have to bring out the X card. And I'm all, nope, I was fine. I looked at the clown pictures and just started shooting them. Not actually shooting them in, in, in the real world, but in game. Of course not. <laughs> you know, he did show the clowns and I'm like, oh, oh. But you kind of like looked at him and just kind of stopped looking at him. And then he didn't like display him. He didn't leave him out on the table. No. I think that was probably uh, for you because he probably would have left them on the table so he could see which clown we're shooting at. We just, <laughs> no, numbered, just, him. Numbered, him. <laughs> just numbered him. That's somebody who's taking uh, an account to somebody who, I don't know what you, I would call your phobia or hatred of clowns, whatever you want to call it, into account, right? Because normally I think he would have just put the... Because Morgan's a very organized gm and he has pictures and maps and stuff like that of of his games usually and this is when he came up on his own with his it own was idea. a great it was a great game if yeah. it would have been you know something besides clowns <laughs> it would have you know it would have still been cool but it was it was really cool even with the clowns even with the clowns it was pretty good for you so i think that is something uh that's a good example of somebody who who as a GM realizes that somebody may have a problem with the content and curtails a little bit of that content. You know, you couldn't take the clowns away because the whole game was based on clowns. Okay. So <laughs> I forget what was it, it was called? the clown. It was the clown motel. I don't know what the it was clown called. Motel, that's right. But I got to set, I got to set that on fire, which was very cathartic. 
for me. And actually, it's pretty creepy. It that, was quite creepy. It's, it's a real life. That's what, and that's what's really cool about that's, Morgan is that he used these uh, this location, which I guess is on off Highway sixty six. <laughs> I, I think. don't know, but we should not go that way ever. And and it was really weird because, you know, he has these pictures of it. And then literally next to this creepy clown motel, motel, right? Yes. Yes. Where all the all the, the rooms are clown themed. There's clown dolls everywhere. Yeah. And I hate that. Sorry, Jolene. And that, literally next door is an old creepy cemetery which makes perfect sense to me okay (laughs) from the pictures there's nothing else around that place (laughs) so it was a i know it was a horror game going into it and i knew it was a horror game when i died it was really good though it was very good you should write it up and it was excellent so if you can read the description or in this case it was in an email and i knew the gm if i didn't know the gm i wouldn't have played in the game probably not because if you I, saw that at a convention, no, uh, description, I would, you I would stay away from it because right. you know, people at conventions are kind of strange sometimes. They like dress up, and like I can see if someone ran a clown game at a convention, they might think it was cute to dress up as a clown. <laughs> and then I would walk in the room and have to walk right out of the room because that just wouldn't work for me. <laughs> have you thought of that? What you, what you do at a, at a, at a convention is it really is your, your choice, but I think moving, moving. I hate to say moving forward, but in the future, game producers and and owners of games and stuff like that, owner of conventions are going to be a little bit more critical about games. What one, what which ones they allow? Because they do have the ability to say, no, that game is not, not not a good fit for a convention or whatever. And I don't know, I don't know how Alex Kramer or Gen Con does games. If it's if it's a if it's an adult contact game content game, do they stick it like in a certain section of the or corner of the, of the of the game space or do they try to limit you know interaction with like kid games like making some kid, sure there's no kid games around or there. not kid games but games Family that allow, friendly. yeah right you know how dundracon does it and kublacon they have teen rooms right yeah so that you your teen can feel comfortable they get to play first they get into the game first right they can feel comfortable playing adults can play in those games but obviously the people who run it, Becky and Steve, wouldn't let, or you know, whoever's running the teen room would not let any any game, adult themed games in there. Oh no, 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 exactly, and and that's a new phenomenon too. Is is uh, here in the in the Bay Area? I know Becky's been doing it for forever, but I've noticed that other game conventions have a teen room or a kids room with varying levels of success or how well it's it's implemented. Uh, Becky Thomas, who runs the the kids' room and teen room now at at DungeonCon and at uh, KubaCon, KubaCon is very well organized, right? She has this board. You have to check in and check out depending on the age of the child, blah blah blah. But she would never allow a game that murder and mayhem in in Clown Town, right? That's not no. going to happen. Well, she. She might for if it was for teen for teenagers, room, right? right? If they, teens like because teens like that kind of stuff, yeah, the, like horror, right? Yeah, but like I ran in the kids' room, the yeah. kids' room, which was anybody below 12, 13, below 13, 13 yeah, and then oh, yeah, oh, yeah, obviously teen, but she didn't have a teen room, so it was anybody below like 15 or something like that. And I ran kids' games and they were very kid orientated. I ran Gamma World, I ran though, you know, there was still mayhem and stuff like that, but it wasn't like. It was kid mayhem. It was kid mayhem, right? And uh, I think my, I think I ran Gamma World most, right? I don't remember. And then other times I would run. Uh, what is it? I ran Star Wars, a, uh, 
Adventures and I ran other games. In the kids' room, I ran Star Trek Adventures, not Star Wars Adventures. Totally different game. And I think I run a Dresden Files game. And the funny thing about running those games there is that they were all adults, except for one game I did actually have a teen. Weren't they teens? You had the teen room, not the teen kids' room. room. You're yeah. right, not the kids' room. And it was funny because Jonah, or a friend of ours, wanted to play in either the Dresden File ones or the I Star Trek. I think it was Adventure. Star Trek. And he goes, Why are you running in a teen room? I go, Dude, it's like. It's really cool, and I, you know, I want to help out Becky. And then he goes, "Oh, I won't, I won't play the teen room, because you know he likes to cuss and be loud sometimes." I think what we're trying to say is, when you run a game at a convention or pitch a game to your friends, I think what Alex Kramer is saying, and and a lot of new, not new, but the a new a newer policy or added policy to the description is to be as descriptive as possible, especially if you're going to have adult content, right? Yes. And I think ultimately the reason for that is so people who want to play in games can make an informed decision whether that game is a good fit for them, whether however you want to, uh, you whatever metric you want to gauge that by. My metric is no clowns. <laughs> really, no, none at all. No, that's not true, Morgan. No, quite a few clowns. That's the only time I'll play in a game with clubs. <laughs> yeah. But see that, and I think that a lot of that is because it's a home game and you trust the person you're playing with or running the game. Right. That, that's probably what the this topic is mostly about, being able to trust the people that you're playing with, right? right? And if you're at a convention and you don't, you don't know, know the people, the right. then um, the only way you can decide whether you trust them or not is by the description of the game. Correct. And then if you're uncomfortable... Do what Jolene does: stand up and walk away. <laughs> right, and then and then sometimes people won't, for whatever reason, they won't put down. Like there was that story you, you read about that person, and I think it was you said it was England. In the yes, game who position. who said it, that he was gonna? It was an inclusive game, and it was he invited women to come and play with and then him. Then he basically trashed. Then he was them. totally misogynistic, right. and, and so, they were not happy. Right, and that's a good way to get kicked banned from a convention. I know that's happened before. There was this uh, story about a, a guy at, at Gen Con who did that, and it was banned for life or whatever. Or, or no, it might have been in England. It might have been that guy. But anyway, uh, so I think there's going to be some consequences if you do not adhere to this you know, rule or this new idea of... Uh, and I think the person, Michelle, that, was answered, that asked the question right. in the Game Hole Con discussion group yes. was right to ask it because she wanted to make sure that she did it right. Correct. She wanted to make sure that she was giving everybody the information, but she wasn't exactly sure how to say it. Right. I think that's what it was. She didn't know how to say it. And I and her description, you know, Deadpool, I, I we all understand if we've seen the movies or read the comic book, we know he's a rated R type of uh, character or, or theme or type of game that, that yeah. she wants to run. And uh, I think she was kind of taken aback but when somebody mentioned the other the four the, things right it was oh my god i wouldn't ever run that <laughs> who would want to run that or play that which is kind of funny but it does happen and uh i think yeah you just got to be really honest with yourself and describe the game as best as you can and it's often hard to put it into the description because the descriptions are only so many words right yes so. that's the problem too a lot of players or not a lot of players, a lot of conventions now allow you to have two different spaces like one that's going to be on their in on the internet on their program on the on the website, and one that's actually going to be printed if they still print stuff. I know every convention here still prints stuff. The they they the, try to figure out how to not do that. 
at least, but it's really problematic. At least Kublai Khan was trying, but yeah. it's very hard because um, not everybody has not their bang. their phones aren't all you know the <laughs> latest or we saw uh, a friend who has a, like a flip phone <laughs> so so he wouldn't be able to read the the schedule on the flip phone but, but, but when you come to the new century <laughs> of phones and stuff then then when everybody has a, you know one that's you know not 20 years old i think uh that'll be easier <laughs> but the but then i'm you know i'm thinking about and Chris is the one with the flip phone. He is also, you know, about five years older than me. No, maybe oh, no. 10 years older than me. Not everybody in our age group is going to be willing to... Go completely digital? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the curmudgeon? <laughs> so they might have to have, like, you know, a couple printed books at the... at the Specifically uh, for old dudes? <laughs> <laughs> that don't want to look up on their phone. But then if you look at it, you know, other ones, other people his age or older are like totally tech tech yeah. wizards right but there's always those uh, i don't know luddites curmudgeon and stuff that don't want damn it they don't they don't need those fangled new phones and they can't make them buy one that's with saul for the longest <laughs> time <laughs> longest time i did not have a cell phone and people were like shocked and it's true why i didn't want a phone i go why would i want to be reminded 24 hours a day seven days a week that nobody calls me <laughs> And I look, if you look at my log of, of people who call me, there's a lot of spam. There's my doctor who wants me to go get tests and me and you. Because you, you don't answer my texts. You don't even, you don't even, you don't even call me that often. It's just because I text you <laughs> every day. Okay. I think just be as as, as uh, truthful and as descriptive as you can about your game, especially you're going to have adult content. And if you ran, run a really weird adult content game, you know, maybe be prepared to, to have the, the convention say, uh, this is not no. a good fit for a convention. Or at least have them question you on it. Because <laughs> a lot, well, and if you think about it, I'm pretty sure the people that look at those, at what you're going to run, are taking all that into consideration. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Correct. Because they don't want, they don't want anyone to, to be upset about getting into a game that they didn't know what was going on. Right. And that's, and, and that's, uh, nobody wants that. Right. So there you go. If you're going to run a convention game. Make your description descriptive, and good luck. Well, this is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Chalene. You have a good day. Mm -hmm.